Good Monday morning. This is Matt Hodell with Bastards of Art. I'm here with Jonathan. Hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> is that uh, a cheesy enough intro for you? Yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, we're talking about uh, this concept of style versus this idea of a personal vision. Basically, the, the idea is shifting the focus away from something that I feel like a lot of people get hung up on, and it's going into art with the concept that you need to focus on what's going to make you unique and how are your ideas going to be individualistic compared to everything else that's out there. So my idea is that you're, if you're doing it that way, you are starting off on the wrong foot. You're, you're basically shooting down any chance that you have of getting off the ground and instead you're, you're leaving out everything that comes into shoring up your chances of being successful, like focusing on the fundamentals. The fundament, fundamentals. Fun! Woo. The fun and fundamentals. <laughs> um, so you're not focusing on what you need to be doing. Instead, you're focusing on trying to be unique right off the bat and... Anybody who ends up being successful doesn't go about it that way. I, I picture this like uh, this creek bed and someone's there skipping rocks and making a splash. But then when I think of everyone who, who enters in, into the art for the first time or, was, you know, I picture like, a, you know, 200 people making splashes with their rocks and they're all trying to figure out how to make the biggest splash. And they're, they're so concentrated on the splash. They have the, the, the distance that the rock's actually going to skip is, you know, they're not thinking about like, what am I using? What kind of rock am I using? What kind of technique am I using to throw the rock? What kind of conditions are the water? Like all the, everything that go, would go into the fundamentals of rock skipping, all they care about is the splash. And I think it takes away from, I mean, the splash is, a, is I mean, we've talked about this before. The splash is basically a byproduct from all those actions. So right. or you're not even taking the time to look at what the people around you are doing. Like you're not noticing like, oh, is he picking up a bigger rock or a smaller rock? Is he picking up a rounder or a flatter one? You know, the, the things that are gonna help you get to where you wanna be faster, you're not even paying attention. You're trying to be so focused in on like, I wanna make a big splash in front of me. And you're not realizing that if you start paying attention to those that are around you, like the crowdsourcing mentality, um, you can get there a lot faster. The, so the rock skipping would be a parable, meaning like the splash that we want is the reaction that that we crave. Mm -hmm. And and you know if you were if you grew up an artist, you know we we might not have been as jockish or we might not have been as you know cool or you know, some of the things that, that that help you get through those adolescence. Um, so we would do dumb stuff. At least I would like you draw a picture. And you'd leave it kind of hanging out on the desk, and someone would say, "Did you draw that?" And you'd be oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, I, yeah, a little something I drew." <laughs> and that was, you know, that that splash, that that reaction, that's something that we learned a long time ago. Um, to that it felt good. We and so we, we, you know, you start chasing that dopamine high of, of the compliment. Oh yeah, you start sitting in particular parts of school or like hanging out in areas drawing in that weird like i don't want to show anybody but i want i want people to notice me sort of weirdness that you end up 
just to get that high again. Yeah, it's like the same. It's the same thing we do with sketchbooks, where, where we take a sketchbook where the, the the title is sketch, but we think we need finished pieces every time. Yeah, and so we don't want to show anyone our sketchbook because it's not our finished pieces. But that's what it is. It's it, it plays place for your homework. Um, but you know, just kind of coming back a little bit. What what uh do you do you even think about style? I mean, I, no, it, it's taken me a while um, to get to that point. And I think, I think one of the big things that helps is setting up enough work in front of yourself and becoming busy enough that you you can, you don't have time to think about it. You know, I feel like f the focus on style comes from the very beginning, where you you don't have any framework in front of you. It's uh, I hear this all the time, especially like raising kids now, like you have to create a framework for your kids in order to function in, unless, otherwise they start going crazy. So if you, don't, if you don't give yourself strict guidelines, like I am going to draw six cups this week, you know, or I'm only gonna focus on pencil this week, or today is painting day. If you don't start setting a framework for yourself to work within, the you don't have any limitations so you're limitless and that it, that sets you up for failure too because there's too many possibilities you start thinking of too many different angles too many different things um and that ends up causing you uh problems as far as like not being able to just sit down and start and so i think this whole focus on style comes from that limitation that you end up finding once you're so busy it's an afterthought you when you're going back and you're looking at finished works or you're looking at photos of things that you've accomplished then you start realizing like everything that i'm doing has a particular look it it's like it becomes this thing that you notice you start drawing something a particular way every time. You know? So let me ask you this. When it comes to style, we do know that it exists. I mean, we're talking about it as if it's this like this unobtainable right. thing if you if you actually try to grab it. But let's let's look at something that we, we, we already see and it looks like someone else has already obtained it. You know, it, what who who what style do you like? I that's something we didn't even think about. What hmm. what style do you like? What 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 captures you and let's let's just let's narrow it down let's say in painting what style do you like or in tattooing what style do you like uh a, a lot of where i started is there someone in particular uh my one of my first heroes that i looked at was mc escher um it was one of his art books were the ones that i were drawn to at the very beginning because it had a combination of like geometric structure, but also his pencil drawings were very strong. And I always, for whatever reason, I always had a connection with paper and pencil right off the bat, because I think that's what was accessible to yeah, me. Yeah, I think that's a lot of us. We all start with what we can, and that's easy to grab onto. Like pa painting felt like this very unreachable um, goal. Like pa Painting's foreign too, because in the beginning we use our pencil to create the outside edges of a shape mm. but with painting you learn that you can you actually paint the shape directly because you can use different size brushes you can use a big moppy brush or whatever and then you can go back and define the 
edges of that shape. And, and that concept, I think, is a little bit foreign when we first start. Yeah. Yeah, and like I always, I always liked Picasso because I admired his ability to deconstruct things down. I never felt a connection with where the cubist stuff yeah. and like where they really started simplifying things down. I, I looked at that stuff and I thought it was so cool, but I, I just didn't get, I didn't get it. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to draw this pencil. But how can, if for me, it was like, how can I just make this weird? Yeah. A couple of years ago, there was an artist that came out. His name has, um, he, well, he, he became popular, I would say, uh, bugs mm. and, he drew in that, he tattooed in that cubist style. And um, that, that gained some popularity. And it, it reminded me of when I first started looking at some more of the Picasso style stuff. And without understanding the structure, understanding what he was going for, understanding what was in his brain, what was in his mind. When you fake it, when you try to fake his style and borrow his personality, mm-hmm. it, there's a certain watered down and it's just, it's, it's absent and void. Um, and, and there's a strength that you just can't put your finger on when you're looking at someone like that. Now, me personally, too, I didn't connect. I was the type of kid that wanted to read, like, true crime novels. I didn't want to read fictitious stories. Like, mm. I thought that there was, in the beginning, I thought there was no point in reading anything that wasn't real. So I, I, I gravitated towards things that were more the, the realism. Like, in the beginning, for me, style was, like, I want to be known as a guy that could do something realistic. Totally. But I... You know, that's that we're talking about when the beginning. I'm talking about like ages 10 to 15, you yeah. know. And then there was this like, I remember we, we did some studies of Monet in those early days and mm. trying to actually put different brush strokes together. And one of the things that my um, instructor did, I can remember this, he, he told us to look at comic books under a microscope. Oh, okay. And then you can actually see the yellow stroke next to the blue stroke. But when you pull far away, all those little yellow strokes and all those little blue strokes, which are actually dots, mm-hmm. created a green. Right. Um, and that's that was my interpretation of how that Monet worked. And not that I ever grasped it or anything like that, but understanding that 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 technique, and I, you know, I just recently found this definition of technique. A technique is like taking something and trying to get an effect without the obvious approach. So, you know, taking a, and doing that impressionistic period where you're, you know, doing those tiny strokes next to each other and you're creating a whole nother image and you're, you know, of course you're taking what light into account, you're right, taking right, atmosphere right. into account. And when you're taking in light, atmosphere, technique, all that into account, the byproduct is a certain style that you're going to come up with. Yeah. Um, and not to give a history lesson here too, but what they were doing at that time was amazing too, because here we can we can we can wake up every day and come up with our own way of doing things. Mm-hmm. But back in those days, if you wanted to get accepted into the art world, there was schools. If there was an art show or gallery, mm. you had to kind of step in line and paint what was what was expected of you because they considered realism to be on point, or they considered. Um, a certain atmosphere style painting to be on point or a certain suggestive style painting to be on point. And every house, or every school had their own master and everyone worked under them. And that was, you kind of went through that. And so when people graduated from those programs, mm-hmm. um, however long it took, they would recognize, and that, that pedigree was yours. So who did you work under? Oh, I worked under, um, 
whoever, Jean-Claude Van Damme, right. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that was an honor system because then the, then what you said had some had some pedigree to it. So if you gave some suggestions, it was it was taken. But it, you also get to come out of that with all of this foundational work put in place for you, like you. That's what you get out of a house, right? Right. Like what else? But I I think that that's that's a very important thing that you need to realize is necessary to essentially set yourself up for success like how however you get to that wh whether you go to school and you find like the right kind of mentor that's going to help you put things in place for you or you start working for somebody or under somebody and you start building up that idea of like all right how do i set up my workflow how often should i be working you know like let somebody help you along the way and develop those skill sets so when you're ready to kind of go off and do your own thing, then you you have all this framework around you and then you can start sitting down and being like, all right, I know all this information. How do I want to approach this subject matter? How do I want to approach this body of work? And it's kind of cool having the internet and people doing blogs now is being able to go and look at somebody's work five years ago and or ten years ago and see how they were doing things back then. And then like with, with Instagram nowadays, you get to see what they're doing right now. But a big epiphany for me was like going back and looking at Troy Denning's original flash paintings that he was doing in the early 2000s compared to like the tattoos that he's doing now and realizing like, oh God, like these guys started somewhere too. Like they didn't start off like killing at the game. Like it was new, new school tattoo flash that everyone was doing back then. And like the fact that they put in so much hard work and effort and developed and started looking at other things and looking at looking for other information that they were able to get to where they are now. I think when you, so that that's kind of what I was trying to get at earlier. Um, we went off to more of a classical, but I was thinking about what we do today um, as tattoo artists. And that's just, that's our, that's our fun. That's our fundamental medium. Cause that's how we, we make a living, right. but you could apply this to anything. Um, you could do apply it to hairdressing. Um, you take someone that you really dig and you, without actually, if you want to mimic them, you will get the watered down version of them. Mm -hmm. If you want to go work with them and talk to them and um, see what they do, you'll get a philosophy behind what they do. And then once you start like embracing that philosophy, um, once you start using some, maybe some of the techniques that they use even, um, you'll end up coming up with a, you'll so you'll start to understand their style now will it be yours well if you keep only following that person no it won't be yours you'll still be getting a watered down version of, of that person right so i think the biggest the, the biggest thing is if we put all this in order number one you were talking about you know having a framework or we could also call that a foundation and in the foundation having a, a strong foundation would be a, a, an understanding of fundamentals an understanding of how lighting works understanding um how your materials work, understanding how they react. Um, and then the next part of after the fundamentals, um, 
your resources. Okay, so now I know how to use all this stuff. I know how to. I know how to shade a. a like I think we all did those styrofoam light setups in oh, school right. and shit like that. Still is. Um, and and that's that keeps subject matter out. We're just working on fundamentals. You're not like trying to capture a little kid in a balloon or nothing, right. you know? <laughs> this is ice cream fell on the ground and he's crying. Like we're not worried about telling a story at this point. We're only worried about our fundamentals. The next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna, um, the resources, so you get put out in this world and you do discover. You, you start with these discoveries of the greats. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and then you move on and you, and you start going, what's the now? And now there's such a, I think we're, we're, you know, the whole point is this is more of a lowbrow, um, podcast. Right. We don't, we might reach and talk to a couple of people, but they, they're already doing their thing. People who are hanging in art museums and art exhibits, they have, they have their own thing going on. We're, our, who I want to help out is the person who is sitting at home and thinking that this is impossible. And how do I get through this? So I'm talking to, to you guys right now. The next thing is the resources. We've already done an episode talking about the important importance of resources. But you do, you, you use as many resources as possible. And, and going and working with someone like that, that's one resource. That's it. In my personal life, I've been able to work with a bunch of people. And out of those people, a couple stand out. And what was neat was in order for me to go work with those people, I had to travel. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you travel, you're in a completely different environment. So here I was as a kid tattooing in St. Louis, right. and then I went over to Japan and worked with Sabado. Looking at Sabado's work in magazines in St. Louis in the United States, and then mm -hmm. going to his studio in Japan and going out to lunch with him, yeah. walking around the streets with him, going to his house, you start to see what his primary influences were and what he was into and what he looked at every day. And... Um, I remember having this aha moment when you look at the fluidity of brush strokes and movement in a Japanese woodblock, and then you go to Japan and you see it in nature. You see it in the rock formations. The way their rocks form compared to how our rocks form, mm -hmm. there's, I always thought that was a direct correlation between how somebody stamps a, a shape on a painting in the United States versus how someone stamps a, a shape of a painting in Japan, right? Or you you noticing things like architecture? Just the environment in general is so different. Yeah, and, all of it, and that's what ends up affecting each person individually. It's it's the whole context thing. Like when you see a piece in a museum or a gallery or a magazine, like you're you're so far removed from that piece already. You're just looking at a captured image of what that is. And a captured, interpreted image, mm -hmm. you know, and it's how that person interprets it. And I think we're, we're constantly picking up on eye candy, things that make us feel good, things that make us feel bad. Um, once we put all this into play and we have multiple resources and we have our fundamentals down, um, uh, I think what, what ends up happening is it's what we choose to interpret. Right. The whole point of art to me is to take a situation mm. and restack the order of importance of what you see. Right. So most people will see an image and they'll see an obvious. They'll see a tree. Where other people will see a house for a squirrel. Or some people might see a tree as a way to show the shadow of the morning sun and show time of day. All those things um, uh, that we can do with our subject matter are direct result the interpretation we, we can present to our audience mm. is a direct result of 
the sensories that we take in and which ones we choose to accept, which ones we choose to ignore. And stuff like that you can't force. Right. So all those create a byproduct, that byproduct is style. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you just can't force that situation. You can fake it, but you right. can't force it. Yeah. And so it, it basically, the, the, the breakdown of everything is style, style isn't some, isn't what you go out and seek for. It's, it's always a byproduct, you know, like you, it, it's something that you can't look for. Even if you were like, I, all my work is going to be uh, Andy Warhol. So the thing is, how do you use style? Mm. I think I think we use style by appreciation. So if I look at your work and I see that most of your characters are oversized and you put less emphasis on the background, and here I am the whole entire time just really getting down with my background and I'm really into the textures of it, and you're and I'm like, you know, I don't really like the message I send. Mm -hmm. You know, to wrap it up in the beginning, I talked about having that piece of paper and getting that the gratitude of the of the um, compliments or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and I. I wonder how can I change? I'm looking at your style and I can I can appreciate your style. And after I have fundamentals, after I have um, some groundwork, some framework, I can take what you're doing and I go, I can steal parts of that. Right, right. And that's the point is you can you can steal parts of everyone, but like I think a DJ would be a good example here. Oh right. Where they they're going through and sampling like Oh, I like that little hi-hat ditty that you had over here. That's going to work really well with this guitar solo that I heard the other day. And that bass line from two years ago that I've had it mulling around in the back of my head is perfect right now. Because they have some type of a relationship for a sound he's interpreting of a feeling, of an emotion. Mm -hmm. And he wants to help people hear what he hears. Yeah. Every every individual work is you curating all this information that you've built up over time and putting it out. Because it, it's kind of like you walk into your bathroom one day and you've got 20 pictures on the wall and you realize like that one in that corner has been bothering me for like the last week and I just saw something at the antique mall that works really well. So I'm going to swap that one out, you know. Uh, it, it's the same concept to where you've been trying to, and I do the same thing. It, it, like I, I'll sit down and I'll draw a cherry blossom um, or a cherry tree flower and I think it looks really great, but then like the next week when I'm looking at someone else's work, I'm like, why does that work so much better than mine? And then I, I don't realize where the mistakes are until I sit down and just copy what they did and realize that I'm overthinking something. I think that's a big thing is um, copying full compositions and doing it in different ways. What I mean by this is, so there was, there's like a couple artists that I focus in on that way. I don't get too confused. Mm -hmm. And the first way I'll copy the work is I'll do general sweeping sketches of their body of work, of the, like a painting or a back piece or a tattoo. Right. And I'm only drawing the shapes. That right there breaks it down and lets me look at their tattoo differently. Mm. So I can see shapes and I can see the interaction. Then the next thing might be I'll copy um, the color scheme and I'll see how that, is, why is there colors? And I've noticed lately, like I've definitely gone from using such saturated punching colors to understanding how to tint and tone 
to create more atmosphere and depth mm. where um, I take a little bit of the competition of my subject and give it a little more power and drop my background off a little bit more by not having my background so saturated, you know, having a, such a bright green. I'm actually getting a green that's got a little black and it's a little more tinted, you know? Yeah. But that's just, that's just my journey. Right. So anyway, I don't know, to wrap this up, I would say when it comes to style, use it to appreciate other people's work, mm -hmm. steal from as many people as possible, figure out how those relationships apply to you and your interpretation. I don't know. Yeah, but don't focus on it. Yeah, don't focus on it. Anyway, this is another episode of Bastards of Art. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, we have a webpage, www.bastardsart.com. And I don't know, someone said the other day, but they use Google Play. So I don't know if, they, if we need to be on Google Play, we'll go be on Google uh, Play. Yeah. I have no idea. Cool. Anyway, later. Peace.